No my Heidi my and welcome to the Seed Pod, a podcast where we explore the wonders of nature and our connections to the earth. Each episode, we invite guests to share their stories of nature connection and to nerd out with us about everything from whales and Antarctica to biodynamic compost. I'm your host and fellow nature enthusiast Sean Crowley, and I'm excited to dive deep into the natural world with all of you. So sit back, relax, and let's get lost in the beauty of nature. Kia ora koutou. welcome back to the Seed Pod. This is episode 11, and I'm here with Carrie. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you. Nice to be here. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Carrie. I'm a photographer. I'm originally from the US, lived in Ireland for a long time, and now I've been living in Christchurch since September last year. Um, I'm a rock climber in my free time. I love climbing things and, and creating things and just being outside. Thank you so much for joining me, Carrie. Now, I'd love to start us off with a story from your Nature Connection journey. Would you like to share a story with us? So I grew up in a family with three other siblings, and we were in the middle class range, like enough money to go on a little bit of a holiday here and there but mostly we just hung out at home and this was before screens were too much of a distraction for kids these days um so we grew up on a farm and most of my childhood was outside absolutely um you know my mom would be like where's Carrie oh she's probably up climbing in the trees and she'd yell at me for getting sap all over my hair and my clothes um i absolutely destroy all of my clothes actually I have so many fond memories of just being a kid and using the imagination and you know jumping in the creek climbing the trees playing with the hay bales building snow forts because we got a lot of snow in New York where I'm from Um, we'd spend all day long building snow forts doing anything with the leaves sleeve piles my sister and I used to pretend we had a Chinese restaurant and we'd pick up seaweed and pretend we were making sushi and stuff with it. Uh, <laughs> Love that so best, much. Best time ever. Like, And as a kid, I also was like super connected with creativity. I would be out making art as well outside. So I did a lot of art with leaves and sticks and building rafts and putting them out into the lake and seeing how far they go and just I never wanted to be inside never ever and even on a rainy day can we go out and splash in the puddles <laughs> I think a lot about my childhood and how grateful I am for how it was I love that so much <laughs> that reminds me so much of my childhood and just the experiences that you're able to have when you're not attached to a screen constantly and I do mm-hmm. see that there's a lot of things that have changed since we were children and yeah it's being able to reconnect back to that as well and have that inner child still ignited mm. and passionate about the things that we see around us and the play that can be had amazing thank yeah. you so much for sharing now We've been lucky enough, Angus and I, to go out with you on one of your adventure shoots. I would love to hear how nature plays a part in your creative process. I'd say I specialize in documenting love. 
I know that's very vague, but I love to photograph people in love. <laughs> I love to photograph couples, uh, whether that's like an engagement session, a wedding, an elopement, anniversary session, pregnancy announcement. I like to do maternity photos because that's just the sweetest thing ever when someone's expecting a baby and you just get to document that. Uh, I like to document uh, when when the baby comes and it's newborn photos, but I, I do that with the parents. So you can see how the parents look at the baby with like the most love you've ever seen on someone's face. Um, I also like, you know, anything with little kids, families, um just got, and that also brings in the playful nature but uh love as well so I like any of those kinds of things where you know it is kind of big life events but it's also the smaller in-between things as well like going out and playing with your kids maybe isn't a big life event but I love documenting that too that's kind of what I do and I do most of my work outside with natural light being able to take my camera anywhere in the world wherever I go and just tell people's stories is beautiful, but also being able to tell their story and how it interacts with the landscape. Like a landscape isn't just a backdrop that you buy on Amazon. Like the nature is always changing. The light is changing. The precipitation is changing, you know, uh, everything is changing. And it's just cool to be able to work with that in the moment. I know some photographers like to have more control. That's why they might like a studio. But I, I like not having control. I kind of like just going out and seeing what happens. You never know what the weather's going to do. You never know what wildlife might, might be around. Like, that's just cool to be able to do photo shoots and hear bellbirds, you know. The landscape offers so much, especially we did your shoot over at Castle Hill, like all those rocks and everything. That is just really cool for me to walk around and see a photo in my mind compositionally just based off of the nature. And the same with trees. If I see trees that are in a certain formation, I'm like, oh, go stand over there. That's a perfect composition. But also just, yeah, I love how everything changes in nature. Like I could shoot at the same spot so many times and it'll always be different. You know, the different season, the different light, the different weather. It's 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 a really cool to work with as a photographer, especially because I just have that connection. But also it's cool to document my clients' connections to nature as well. So even if someone doesn't tell me up front that they're super connected to nature, they're a nature nerd, all this kind of stuff, it's cool to see how they interact with it, especially little kids. Little kids, uh, I like a little kid going to smell flowers or splash in puddles, show their mom cute little seashells they picked up on the beach. Any of that stuff is beautiful for me to document. And I'd rather do that than have them sit there and smile at the camera. And same thing goes with you know, couple shoots, elopements, all of that, seeing how you can have like this incredible day full of love and just your connection, your commitment to each other, all of that, but also have it be in these incredible, beautiful places. No offense to people who get married in churches and hotels and stuff, but like why pay thousands of dollars for a venue? I think when you can go and get married in nature, like nature is so cool that's what i did for my day anyway <laughs>
That's awesome. And yeah, it shows in your photos how much fun everyone is having on those adventure shoots as well. You do so well to capture that beautiful love in everyone's eyes and the way that they're moving through the photos and the lighting that you use as well. Nature is such an inspiration as part of that, as you say, as well. I can just imagine those kids smelling those flowers and picking up those seashells and the interactions that that um, brings up and you're able to capture that so that's awesome now I do want you to talk about your amazing elopement you had a a few friends and you went out to a beautiful location with a photographer would you like to say more about your special elopement oh absolutely um, so my partner and I, we got engaged a few years ago and we're doing a lot of thinking about what we want for our day and what would feel like us, very much us. And uh, we're actually both photographers, so Phil's a photographer too. And we both love to be on the other side of the camera, not really in front of it as much uh, as most photographers would, would probably agree. Um, which means we don't love being the center of attention. <laughs> um, <laughs> But we still wanted something really beautiful and meaningful. And ever since I was a little girl, I always dreamed of being married among the mountains, whether that's on a mountain or with a backdrop of epic mountains. Um, so when we moved to New Zealand, we were like, why would we get married anywhere else? New Zealand is incredible. Like we went and saw Mount Cook for the first time and we were like, yeah, we're getting married in New Zealand. Absolutely. Um, and it was amazing. Yeah. So. The first time that I learned about adventure elopements, um, I had never heard of such a thing. It's it's not really, I don't think it's well known around the world that you can do that for a wedding day. A lot mm. of people think of the more traditional styles of weddings, but I'd never really daydreamed about that kind of more traditional stuff. But the first time I heard about the adventure elopements, uh, I found some photographers doing that, like getting couples married on top of a mountain and then having a picnic after, like, that's so cool. Uh, I, something inside of me was instantly like, A, I want that for my day, 100%. B, I also wanna be the photographer who helps that for other couples, like helps create that day for other couples. So that was a very important moment for me to have that day. But as soon as I learned that was a thing, I was like, Phil, you wanna go get married in the mountains? Do you wanna get married in the mountains? Do you wanna go <laughs> do it our way? <laughs> so so cool. we did. We did, and we got married down by Glenorchy um, on someone's private land. I think a bunch of movies were filmed there. Incredible landscape, and it was a total adventure. We had never been there before, um, and I loved that. I loved going somewhere I've never been and just experiencing it for the very first time mm. with, with your soulmates, you know, um, and the day was perfect. It was sunny. It was warm. It was not super windy. And the mountains, ah, oh, the mountains. <laughs> so gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it was just incredible. It was such a relaxed day. Um, just being outside, all the fresh air. And something that was really special to our day, I thought, was um, we had a lot of flowers. Uh, we had an archway uh, with flowers and my bouquet, obviously had flowers. And Phil had the little buttonhole thing on his suit with the flowers. We had a lot of bumblebees on the day, mm. a lot of bumblebees. I've never seen so many bumblebees in my life. And they just kept following us around all day long. 
Um, and obviously super peaceful, just buzzing around. And they're in most of our photos, actually, just loads of bees mm. floating in the air. And we loved it. Like some of them landed on me during the ceremony when I was saying my vows, just landed on my arm. And uh, after that day, we decided we're gonna get matching bumblebee tattoos for sentimental reasons, because we think it's good luck. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was an incredible day, incredible day. So it's just so beautiful. I wouldn't have done it any other way. But yes, we did have three friends. Yeah. And also to mention, you had pizza on a wharf. And I just think that's so yeah. cute after as well. I Yeah, those photos are incredible as well. And I totally agree that mountainscape that you were able to get married in was next level. Like the lighting, the flowers, everything complemented each other. And mm -hmm. yeah, you'll cherish those memories and those photos forever, I know. And it's so cool that you had nature come into that for you as well with those bumblebees because for Angus and I, we had a peewockawocka or a fantail that came oh. inside during our reception. And the funny thing was is that there were people pointing it out and I was like, that's amazing. But what they didn't know is that when we had our rehearsal at the same venue, we also had a Pewakawaka. But it was a different Pewakawaka because that one had been fully black and that's really rare. So it was amazing to have nature come into our day in that special way as well and being quite significant. So for many reasons as well. There's lots of reasons that Pewakawaka are quite sacred. So yeah, mm -hmm. we were very lucky. Um, and I'm so glad that you had that kind of experience as well. The things that you can't plan for um, and the way that nature interacts in that situation. I was wondering, do you have any overseas nature connection stories that you'd like to share? So I grew up in Pennsylvania and New York State, which are landlocked states, in kind of like farmland areas. And the U.S. is huge. We didn't travel around it very much. Um, my family, we kind of just went to the mountains every year, which is why I have such a love for mountains. But until I was 21, I had only seen the ocean one day in my life. Wow. That, yeah, one day. And that was in Florida uh, on a trip. And it wasn't that spectacular because it was just like crazy hot and we were all getting sunburned <laughs> and it was really flat and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, uh, but then I went to Ireland when I was 21 and I got to see the Irish seascape with all the rugged cliff lines and mm like Ireland's beautiful uh, it has very beautiful coastline especially on the west coast and um, I fell in love I I am now 29 I cannot imagine living anywhere that doesn't have access to beautiful oceanside which is mm -hmm. why I also picked New Zealand <laughs> and Christchurch, Christchurch is so close to the beaches and everything but um, yeah just that experience of really falling in love with something you'd never really experienced for most of your life and then yes. being like I, I can't live without it now like I already know I have such a passion for mountains but ever since living in Ireland I'm like okay but mountains and ocean <laughs> has yeah. to be a part of my life yeah both and I think you just you get so much from both I find anyway a day Definitely. in the mountains a day by the beach yeah but also from traveling I also think it's super interesting to learn about um, 
native cultures and stuff and how they, they connect with nature. So in New York, where I lived, there was, um, there's a lot of native reservations um, mm -hmm. nearby. So that's kind of interesting to, to learn about that with the Native Americans. And then also in Ireland, I did like Irish mythology and like Celtic mythology classes and things like that, where you get to learn about um, just the ancient Irish people and their connection with nature, which is super cool. Um, mm. it, yeah, and just all the beautiful artwork that comes from that. And yeah, no, I, I could go on with that kind of stuff for a while because there's so much cool archaeology and tombs and all things that are connected with lights and seasons and all of this stuff and the stars. And I just think that's fascinating. And then coming down here and learning about the Maori people and all of that connection, it's just so beautiful. Uh, I think that's so cool. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, there's such rich culture in those Indigenous um, cultures and languages and artworks as well um, and being able to have the privilege to learn about them as well is is super special um, I yeah I love that so much um, that's something that I didn't know was that you hadn't experienced the sea until 21 and that just puts into perspective how big the U.S. is because for me being in Aotearoa, I've talked about it a couple of times of being landlocked in Taupor, but really all I need to do is travel two hours and I'm at the sea. And that was pretty typical mm -hmm. for my camping trips when I was younger, but not physically being able to travel because it's so far away. That's a whole nother barrier to that connection. And as you say, like once you experience the sea, you just can't imagine your life without it and just thinking about that it's like wow what would my life have been like if I hadn't experienced the sea until I was much older so I'm very thankful for the ocean and all of the amazing things that it brings and being able to live in Aotearoa New Zealand with two mm -hmm. islands well three I guess um, and lots of offshore islands as well um, on the mainland and then being able to experience most parts of nature within a couple of hours travel yeah it also just makes me think of people who have never seen a mountain before yeah like I just can you imagine how mind-blowing that would be to somebody to actually see a mountain up close or be on top of the mountain or something like, especially if you come from somewhere flat that would be like <laughs> yeah I mean even coming to uh, Christchurch from Topor like I had this beautiful lake and I look across and see um, all of those mountains and and that was just such a big landmark for me but coming to Christchurch like we have the Port Hills but it's so flat and that's what a lot of people love about Christchurch but it is interesting just how different our landscape can be across mm -hmm. a very small country really in the scheme of things. Now you did an incredible master's subject and I would love for you to share about that a little bit more. So I always knew I wanted to help people and I kind of changed what I wanted to do with my career a lot. I was like, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll, maybe I'll do this. You know, I ended up getting my bachelor's degree in New York in psychology. And then, cause I, I'm, I'm really squeamish around blood. So I was like, maybe I can help people emotionally, you know, more so <laughs> than being a nurse. 
Um, so I got, I love that. I love learning about behavior and just all of that. Absolutely fascinating. Um, and me being a creative person, I also did lots of art classes at the same time. And then I was like, wait, I could combine art and psychology. There's this thing called art therapy. I'm not sure how many of you listeners have heard of art therapy, um, but it's fascinating. Like there, anything could be a therapy these days. There's adventure therapy, music therapy, art therapy, drama therapy, all of these different ways to connect with people and have them connect to their own uh, emotional well-being and things going on in their lives. Uh, so I applied for a master's degree back in Ireland. I say back because I did a semester in Ireland and that's how I fell in love with Ireland. Uh, now I wanted to come back. So I applied for a master's degree in Ireland in art therapy. So I was like, perfect, let's combine my love of creativity and helping people. And I went and did a two years master's degree in that. And it's very interesting, super cool, just to learn about um, how you can provide all of these art supplies for a client. And that could be the most groundbreaking way for someone to connect with their emotions instead of what people might think of a stereotypical therapeutic session being a couch, a box of tissues, and then someone you don't know writing on a clipboard, you know, like you could sit there and act, you, you could paint about your feelings instead of actually just flat out talking about them. Uh, and that's, that's really interesting. And especially if you bring in the ideas of symbolism and metaphors and even just the process, it's a very process oriented thing. It's not always just what you're making. It's how are you feeling while you're making it? How are you connecting to the materials you're using and the space? Um, so that was just the general art therapy. Uh, but I was very interested in a different world of that, uh, which connects to my upbringing. Um, I love the idea of ecotherapy. So taking the therapeutic relationship outside and to me, I had, I had to go to therapy as part of my course. It was a requirement. So we had to go every week. And I tried going to therapy indoors with a therapist on a couch with a tissue box writing notes. And to me, it felt a bit suffocating. It's just like I felt like she was just staring at me. And I'm just, ah. you know, it, it didn't work. It didn't work for me, even though I'm a very talkative person. It just I found it very difficult to just sit down and start talking about my, I don't know, childhood issues and stuff. <laughs> um, and that didn't last very well. But then I came across another therapist who would take me outside. And I was like, wow, that's cool. You're not, you can actually go outside, you can walk, you can move, you can, uh, can like connect to, to the earth and feel grounded and you can take your shoes off if you want. <laughs> um, you don't have to be staring right at your therapist, you can just walk with them. And also this was an art therapist. So we would make, or I would make art out of the materials I'd find outside. So mm -hmm. the leaves, the sticks, the water, everything. And there's also, um, I think a beauty in that in the sense of impermanence. So when you're painting a picture, you can usually keep that picture. When you're building art outside, you're there, you're present, you're in the moment, you're feeling whatever you're feeling, whether that's um, you know relaxation or maybe frustration because you're trying to make something and it's not turning out the way you want it to. Um, <laughs> but, then, but then you let it go and it fades away and becomes back part, part of the earth, you know, as things decompose. I think that's a beautiful thing as well. And I think nature is, full of so many 
teaching points. Like there's so much symbolism, so many metaphors, even just the seasons. You could look at the seasons changing with uh, nature and connect that to your life, seasons of your life. Um, just so much you can connect to out in nature. And for me, just having space to breathe really allowed me to open up about things going on in my life. Um, now this will probably wouldn't be suitable for every person, um, but for me, it did, it was, I think because I have that deep connection with nature. Um, but yeah, so for my master's thesis, I wrote all about that kind of stuff. And I took my own personal experience and did a lot of research about just well-being out in nature and uh, the research coming out about it. And it's, it's absolutely fascinating when you look at the research. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, maybe you've heard of forest bathing in yep. Japan? Yeah, I think it's Shin Yoku. Um, so I did a lot of research into that and just taking in the forest atmosphere and the physiological effects of just time spent in nature. And but that's so cool. So cool. Yeah. Um, as well as I wanted to plug one of my favorite books that I read at this time. Um, Last Child in the Woods. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. Yeah. Last Child in the Woods by Richard. I'm not sure if it's Louv or Lauv. L-O-U-V. Mm-hmm. um that's probably one of the best books I ever read actually I just couldn't put it down and it, I think it's the first time I actually sat down and reflected about my childhood with my connection to nature and how that has affected who I am today mm-hmm. he taught he coined the term um, nature deficit disorder mm-hmm. uh, which is what he says is happening to all of the youth today with all of this screen time So the increase in screen time, the increase in indoor time is definitely having an effect on kids' connections to nature, which is leading to higher rates in obesity and attention deficit disorders and depression. And it's just, it's really interesting. Great book, recommend to everyone. Even it like, it's great if you're a teacher, great if you wanna have kids someday, great if you just wanna read and maybe connect to your own childhood experience. yeah wow that's amazing um I just think that we've had so many amazing guests with lots of experiences and they've all talked about in some form their um whether that's connection physically to nature or to the arts or to drama or painting there's so many different ways that we can connect to help ourselves feel well to feel um those emotions that we need to feel and to process And I think it's so cool that you can study something like art therapy and then go into that ecotherapy. I just think that that's not a very well-known career pathway probably. And especially Mm -hmm. in New Zealand, like I don't know how many people are providing that as a resource, but I just think that the more people that know about it, the more people will be doing that because I totally agree. Like, There's lots of different types of therapy, but your typical is that sit in a room with a tissue box and it doesn't work for everyone. And so the idea of being able to get out and talk to a therapist through communication, like uh, talking, but also through that art is such a special, um, I want to say a collaboration of all of the different passions that you have, really. Definitely, definitely.
so yes, I did announce that I'm a photographer. I'm not an art therapist. And I think I've met loads of people around my age who actually studied something different than what they do now. And I think there's a lot of freedom in being able to do that and not stick to exactly what you studied. Uh, though I did find it to be absolutely fascinating. Um, you can probably tell, I just think it's absolutely fascinating. Um, <laughs> it never quite felt like my exact fit for a career. Um, to me, it felt like I was trying to put my foot into a shoe that's too small. Uh, <laughs> I really wanted to help people. And I thought that being a therapist was the way I was going to do it. Um, but I think in my heart, I wanted to be creating a lot. I wanted to be creating every single day. And as a therapist, I would more so be watching people create and then helping them assess what they create. Whereas I wanted to be creating myself. That's, I'm a very creative person. And I also wanted a job that's very travel friendly. And then comes in photography. Um, I had always wanted to try photography. And I remembered being on a hike in the mountains in New York and telling the people I was with, maybe someday when I retire, I will buy a camera and be a nature or landscape photographer. You know, because I just I, I love looking at all the details, the flowers, the, you know, just the vines, every every small detail, big detail, big landscape, everything. I loved it all. And I would just take pictures with my phone. Um, and I, I do I do remember that day. Someday I'll retire and get a camera. <laughs> and then looking back at that now, I'm like, why would you say someday when you retire when you can just get a camera now? <laughs> mm. um, so then comes COVID and I was very bored and I was like, you know what? Now is the time. Uh, so I bought a camera and, and I'm a self-taught photographer. So mm -hmm. I haven't done any college courses or anything, but um, it was love at first sight. Oh, absolutely. I never felt anything like that. And it was a very big, steep learning curve, of course, because it's totally different than a phone. Um, but it felt like I was putting my foot into a shoe that fit perfectly, if we're continuing on with that. Yeah, analogy there. Um, and I was like, oh, I could actually make money from this too. I can travel, I can be my own boss, I can be creative, I can make money. And I think more importantly, find my sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. um, and then in the last few years, I have really come to learn a big lesson in that there are so many ways to help people. I think it's from a young age, you think doctor, uh, you know, nurse, uh, therapists, um, these kinds of specific ways of helping people. And I'm, yeah, uh, I'm in my upper 20s now, and I come to know there's many ways to help people. Comedians help people by making them laugh and smile. A photographer can help people by being a part of some of the most important moments of their life and being able to document that as a storyteller and just show people what their love looks like or be able to create a beautiful, memorable experience out in nature with your favorite person. And the photographer is the one who facilitates that. And I just think there's so many ways to help people and I have found my way of helping people. And it 100% connects to my ecotherapy and art therapy and everything as well. I think I'm good um, with empathy when somebody's really nervous to get in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. like, fine, I've been there. Don't worry, yeah, it will be okay. <laughs> but also, also just helping people connect to the nature around them and embrace whatever comes your way, um, whether that's you know a sun shower or you know whatever. <laughs> I think I think everything connects for sure. And um, 
though I may not be an art therapist today, I think the studies and the masters and everything 100% connects to who I am now. I love that. That is so beautiful. I just think that's such an amazing combination of things that, and you can see like this journey has it's been a long journey in lots of different ways, you know, from connecting to the ocean for the first time to doing your master's in art therapy and then ecotherapy and now photography that and what your journey has been and, and how that's made you you, you're able to use all of those different things and your experiences today and helping other people um, and capturing that for other people as well. So yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love that. You talk about learning photography yourself as an adult. And I just think mm -hmm. that it would be awesome to share some tips, if you have any, for mm -hmm. other people wanting to get into photography. Sure. Um, YouTube is an amazing helper. You can learn anything on YouTube these days, but photography is so good to learn on YouTube. And there's so many great photographers out there putting free education, um, as well as practice practice, 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 practice. Um, for me, obviously I photograph people and I set up photo shoots and I, I give light direction because a lot of people don't know what to do in front of a camera. In that instance, if you're trying to do something like what I do, I always recommend do a lot of free shoots. Hmm. A lot of free shoots, no monetary pressure, just get out and practice how you interact with people, practice how you make them feel comfortable, practice how you can get the type of images you dream of creating without pressure from money. So I, I always tell people do loads of free stuff <laughs> for sure. Uh, Cause then you can learn and uh, develop your own confidence for sure. Um, before you start worrying about money. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And also finding your own voice as a photographer is an interesting journey as well. Cause when you're new, you kind of try to copy other people that's how you learn. You're like, oh, I like their stuff. I'm going to try and do what they do. And then I like this photographer's stuff. I'm going to do what they do. And then eventually your own voice and style emerges. And I think that's absolutely fascinating. So stick with it. Anyone trying photography. <laughs> Amazing. And also like, doesn't matter the age that you get into these things. I think What's amazing is that we're all constantly learning. And if we enable ourselves to be vulnerable and to try new things and not be great at it all the time, that's when we get the most joy in my um, experience anyways. That's when I have found the most joy and also the biggest projects have come out of that as well. Um, and yeah, you never know where that's going to lead. Do you have a photo shoot highlight? Yes. Um, and it's actually one where I was a model, not awesome. a photographer. Uh, yeah, it's um, a very, I'd say, important moment that has led to where I am today. Um, so this was before I was a photographer. My partner and I went to get our engagement photos done. And because uh, you know, people always told us, oh, you go get engagement photos and then you have, you know, wedding invite photos to use. Uh, but I had never really been in a photo shoot before. <laughs> so we found this photographer. I loved her work. So beautiful. This was in Ireland. 
and we went to go meet her on a very um uh what's the, not deserted but it's a it's a peninsula very rugged and beautiful scenic but nobody really lives there um and it's remote. a long drive remote that's the word yes remote <laughs> peninsula. yeah there's just like sheep there sheep and rocks but uh she told us to meet her there at sunset because that's when the good lighting is um and we were like we don't know what to expect but sure it was beautiful sunny day um inland and it's just gorgeous and we were like this is going to be an amazing sunset we start driving down the peninsula and come through a giant wall of clouds <laughs> and it got like really creepy there was nobody around it was just you couldn't see like in front of your car it was completely like horror movie vibes like you just wow. can't see anything um and we were like, okay, I guess we're going to keep driving to this meeting location at the end of this peninsula. And it's just, yeah, for probably 20 minutes, you can't really see much in front of your car. Mm. And we're like, okay. And she showed up and she was like, I hope you still want to do this shoot. It's not exactly what I expected. And we're like, yeah, sure. We just drove multiple hours to get here. And yeah, let's do it. You know, um, and like what I was talking about, embrace whatever comes your way. Mm. And she put on some chill music and she's very soft-spoken and a sweetheart I know her now as a good friend and she helped us feel totally comfortable right away even though we had never done this before and it was like really beautiful romantic and um, just a very meaningful thing for my partner and I to do but also about 10 minutes into the shoot the sun started coming through this giant wall of clouds but it was really diffused and it was like a, just it looked like a, like a big giant grapefruit in the sky that you could look at it, you could look at it without it hurting your eyes because it was so diffused to the clouds and I had never seen anything like that it looked like um, a planet or something so it was really otherworldly kind of vibes I was like are we even on earth anymore this is fascinating and the photographer was like freaking out in a good way she was like oh <gasps> I've always wanted to shoot with light like this. Uh, she said, thank you so much for continuing on with the shoot. This is amazing. And um, yeah, no, just first of all, you never know what you're going to get when you start a shoot. But second, um, that set me on a course to want to photograph every, every one that I photograph now and to want to create experiences like that. Because to me, that photo shoot stands out as being just a time when it felt like there was no one else in the world other than me mm. and Phil together and our love. And having that feeling where you're not worried about the future, you're not thinking about the past, just in this moment, you're lit up by beautiful golden light and nothing else matters. Even if you think you're awkward in front of the camera, nothing else matters. It's just you and your favorite person. And that has 100% set me on the course of what I wanna do for other people now. And yeah. Yeah, I cried when I looked at the photos and yeah, so that, that, that is definitely a photo shoot highlights of me being in front of the camera. <laughs> Amazing. Who would have known? That's so cool. Do you have a dream adventure shoot location? I have a two-way tie for this. So... I really want to do uh, destination elopements. Um, yeah, just find some really fun laid back couples who want to go to epic places and 
get married there and take epic photos there. Um, so two locations would be Iceland. Not not a specific spot, just Iceland's insanely beautiful and mm. rugged and so cool. Um, as well as the Dolomites in Italy. So beautiful, so, so beautiful. Um, I daydream about this all the time. So. <laughs> in the short term, I'd love to go do a um, an elopement over by Mount Cook. Yeah, especially because that was when you realized you wanted to elope, especially in New Zealand. <laughs> Oh yeah, New Zealand has so many great elopement locations and just adventure shoot locations and just New Zealand's beautiful. <laughs> just, yeah, everything. We're so lucky here and I agree, like I've heard so many good things about Iceland and the variety that they have there in their landscapes as well. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carrie. It's been an absolute blast. I've loved learning from you about lots of different things from art therapy to ecotherapy to photography and the amazing moments that you get to witness as a photographer but also the excitement that brings you um, and how you've been able to utilize all of your different passions to capture everyone's love so thank you so much you're so welcome thanks for having me that was great have you heard We're also on Instagram, so if you haven't already, head along to Instagram and follow us at the.seed.pod underscore nz. This is a place where we're able to build our community of listeners, we're able to share quotes from our guests, and we're able to share in our own nature connection stories. And if you really wish, on the platform you're listening from today, it would be great if you could give us a follow or a rate. We really appreciate you all. And last but most certainly not least, Thank you so much to the Blackbird Foundation. I recently received a ProtoStars grant, which has enabled the Seed Pod to join a community of other like-minded creatives who are all working on their own passion projects. As part of this community, we're able to uplift each other and inspire each other while going through this journey. And I couldn't have done this without my listeners. So thank you so much for your support and for being here.